1: Why
2: didn't God tell us how great it is? Because He didn't want us to go there before our time. And you say, Pastor Mark, that was a stupid illustration. That was really corny. I mean, who'd want to not look across the street? Well, no, it isn't corny at all. Paul, who went to heaven, struggled with what I just
0: told you. You see, if you and I had gone to heaven, we'd struggle. The Apostle Paul told of his experience of seeing heaven. It was so transcendent that he had no human words to accurately describe what he had seen. The event left him with the desire to return to go back. He knew that the only way for that to happen was for him to die, and his writings show the pull that heaven had on him. Pastor Mark's teaching reminds us that heaven is our final location if we're followers of Christ. As we think about heaven and hell, we should warn our friends who are currently destined for hell and tell them about the salvation that's available to them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, Location, Location, Location.
2: You know what I did yesterday? I went outside and I just stared up at the sky. I hadn't done that in a while. And I'm not looking at the clouds or seeing what's flying over. I'm thinking about heaven. Do you realize one day we're going to like be there forever? And so when you do that, it gives you what? A very different perspective on all the stuff that's happening right now look at Colossians Paul writes this Colossians 3 verse 2 set your mind on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God and when Christ who is your life appears talking about the second coming we'll talk about next week then you also will appear with him in glory You see, there is great benefit from time to time to just stop and think about where we're headed forever. Because where we're headed forever, we're going to spend like a zillion more time than here. If you took a little egg timer today, and you watch, maybe there's a zillion pieces of sand up here, and you watch the first one drop, the first little piece of sand drop, and let's say that's 10,000 years. We've just begun. See, we can't get our mind around that. I mean, here's like, it's almost Christmas. Man, I've been living 85 years. How about 10,000 years and we've just begun? So it is good to stop and think about it. C.S. Lewis, great Christian writer, wrote this. Aim at heaven... And you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth. And you'll get neither one. So we have to. Paul reminds us while living on the earth. We should set our minds on heaven and eternity. Oh not all the time. But we need to set our minds on heaven and eternity. We need to remind ourselves that we're pilgrims. We're people in transit. We're on our way to our final location. Our life on earth is simply a short journey. Heaven is where we belong. Heavenly mindset that's focused on that will help influence. It will help soften the difficulties we go through and give us hope for the future of where we're going. Now, how do we set our mind on heaven? Well... The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, that if we'll read God's word, it renews our mind. It changes our thinking. So most of you that are listening to me today haven't thought of heaven in the last seven days. But now it's on your mind. Why is it on your mind? Because I'm teaching you the word of God. So when you do your devotions, you will come across heaven and eternity and ending things and death and all. You will come across those often. And when you do, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit reminding you to have that mindset that we're simply legal aliens in Florida. We're just moving through. Our final place is heaven. Let me ask you to write this down today, because sometimes we forget it. There is nothing permanent about life on earth. There is absolutely nothing permanent about life on earth. That, when sin entered the world, it changed this world. One day, we're going to get a brand new heaven, a brand new earth. You see, when we get to heaven, we're going to live forever In paradise, paradise that you and I have never experienced, paradise in the truest sense of the word, word, no pain, no suffering, no disabilities, no sin, no death, new bodies, perfection everywhere. Now, it's interesting. The Bible tells us that Paul took a trip to heaven. He didn't really understand it in the body, out of the body, but he got a little glimpse of heaven. And when he came back to the earth, Paul couldn't put in writing what it was like. Paul himself says, it's impossible for me to tell you with words that you would understand how amazing that place was. So it was beyond words. When we get there, it's going to be on words that we can even use as a human to express how wonderful heaven's going to be. You know, it's really good. It's really great that we don't know how awesome heaven really is going to be because of this. If we knew how amazing heaven was, some of us would never look both ways when we cross the street. <laughs> some of us would never put on our seatbelts. We would drive 100 miles an hour, ignoring every traffic signal. Some of us would never take our medicine or go to the doctor. We'd never wash our hands. Some of us would look for chemicals that could take our life instantly, like tasteless and odorless antifreeze. Why didn't God tell us how great it is? Because he didn't want us to go there before our time. And you say, Pastor Mark, that was a stupid illustration. It was really Corny. I mean, who'd want to not look across the street? Well, no, it isn't corny at all. Paul, who went to heaven, struggled with what I just told you. You see, if you and I had gone to heaven, we'd struggle. I want you to turn back to where you were, Philippians, but go to chapter 1. When Paul got back, he began to write his, well, his emotions. He had been to heaven... And he's struggling. Look at Philippians chapter 1, go down to verse 22. Paul says this For to live, for to me, to live as Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, in other words, on earth, well, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. So he's thinking about how to get to heaven instantly. Verse 23. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. I've been to heaven. I can't wait to get there. But it's more necessary for you, speaking about the church, the people he was pastoring, that I remain in this, well, this human body on this earth, convinced of this. I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. You see, Paul was struggling. Heaven was so amazing, he wanted to go right now. He didn't want to go for a glimpse, he wanted to go back. But notice, he says, I know I can't do that. He says, I'll be there one day. But God wants me here now. He's got a purpose for me on the earth now. And I must submit to God's will. That brings us to point number two. Would you write it today? Well, here at our current location, earth, West Melbourne, or wherever you're located, be all here storing up treasure in heaven. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6. Paul came to the realization that whatever God had for him to do, he had to be all here. I think that's a huge problem in our world. Now, Linda and I were raised in the Detroit area. And back there in those days, in in the 40s and 50s and 60s, If dad or grandpa worked at Ford Motor Company, son worked, and grandson, and great-grandson, and everybody just stayed working in the same factories. People didn't move. They didn't go from one city to another. We Everybody just stayed there. And you bought another area of Detroit or wherever, suburban, you lay there. That's changed totally today. See, we can just get up and head out somewhere, go anywhere we want. And many people do that. But you notice what I just said? Be all here. Be all where God has you. You see, you might say, well, Pastor I want to be in the mountains so bad. And so people just get up and move to the mountains. Well, they don't ask God about it. They just move to the mountains. And when you get to the mountains, it's, well, it's not like you thought it was. Other people, they want to go. To that first picture, wherever that is, out in Tahiti or something. Man, if I get there, life would just be perfect. Yeah, but you'd have no job and you'd starve to death. That's basically what would happen. So we have to be careful that you just don't pick up and go somewhere where God doesn't want you to go. Understand God's will where I can tell you what God's will is for you right now today. Be all here doing what God's asked you to do. That means in this church, at your job, at your location, in your marriage, be all here. That's what Paul does. He says, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do what God's asked me to do. And here's where I'm going to be. By the way, when Paul was writing this, where was Paul? He was in prison. He said, well, Paul didn't have an opportunity to go anywhere else. Yeah, but that was his mentality. Now, understand that God does move us. We moved to Florida, but we did it in the will of God, in his timing. We moved from Merritt Island to here to start this church 20 years ago. We did it in God's timing. I've tried to do things and move myself into different places when it wasn't in God's timing. You've been there yourself. By the way, when God calls you, he doesn't just call you to a location. He calls you to a ministry and he calls you to a church. If God's calling you to this church, be all here with the gifts that you have. Maybe you're getting ready to leave. And I like you, Pastor Mark. Well, leave. Praise you, Jesus. Quickly. No. You come to me and say, Pastor Mark, I'm leaving. Not because I don't like you, but because God told me to leave. Then we'll bless you. Then we'll bless you. Other than that, get over it. Just be here. At your work. At the place where you are. You're married. The enemy tempts people today like crazy. Get out of the marriage. The next one's going to be better. Let me guarantee you, the next one's always worse. I'm telling you truth. Then you'll get married and divorced and married and divorced and married and divorced And the world says, no problem, doesn't affect anybody. 100% lies from hell. Be all here. Now, Jesus speaks about it. Look where I've asked you to turn. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But rather, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven... Where moth and rust do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the key verse. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus, while on the earth, was reminding his followers to live as pilgrims. Jesus himself modeled this. He was doing the will of God on earth until God said, It's time for you to go back to heaven very often jesus would say this it's not time it's not time he was he was all here all there storing up treasure in heaven you see in these verses jesus simply says this have a light touch on the things of this world don't get focused like the world does on position and pleasure and privilege and possessions We're simply to be in this world, physically present, but our values aren't here. We have a whole different way of thinking. Make sure our heart is focused on doing the will of God. And the will of God is always not focused on stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff. The Bible says God gives us richly to enjoy all things. But it can't be our focus so the will of God is always focused on the eternal. I want you to write this down. The only treasure that is eternal is people. You see, you and I will take nothing when we leave. We came into the world naked and we're going to leave the same way. And so when Jesus says store up treasure in heaven, by and large, when he's talking about people this treasure, he's talking about Just people. It's very interesting that as we get older, the simple lifestyle becomes attractive. The accumulation of stuff simply gets in our way. I was reminded of this passage because this weekend in our subdivision, like twice a year, they have a garage sale. There's people out there with emptying their garages and, you know, and I carry all this stuff, you know, whatever. It's all out there. and whatever. Pretty soon at the end of the garage sale, here, please take it. Just get rid of it for you. And we've all been through that. You see, we move into a smaller house, a smaller apartment. We forsake lots of stuff at the garage sale. Some of us, we make lots of trips to the Salvation Army. Because what do we decide? Life doesn't consist in stuff. And actually, the simpler we live the more fulfilled we are. But if every morning I'm at Sam's and I go down the aisle and that 108-inch TV, it just calls my name. Don't laugh. You've heard it call yours. As Christmas gets closer, it uses my first and last name. (laughs) you've been there. A teenager was watching an elaborate funeral of a man who insisted on being buried in a Cadillac automobile. Seated behind the wheel of the car, surrounded by flowers, the corpse was being lowered into the grave, man and all. The teenager watched, fascinated. Then he spoke, Now that's what I call living. No, that's what you call death. I mean, when the car and the man went in, his body was there, but his spirit had already left to one of two. It wasn't about the car. It wasn't about the neat. Burial. You see, when we leave, we leave everything Behind. So, since people are important, that's the only treasure we can really affect. That brings us to point number three. We need to remember that many people are headed to an eternal location apart from Christ forever. You see, we know this theologically, we know about hell and the torments, but often we don't make it personal enough. When Paul talks about many who, unless they change, are headed to separation from God forever in a place called hell, he isn't talking about faceless, nameless people. You see... The people God has placed around you are not faceless. They're not nameless. They're people you and I know. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. They're our relatives. They're our co-workers. They're students that we have classes with. There is a face. We recognize the face. There is a name. We know their name. They are not faceless, nameless people headed to eternity. No, these are people that we know, interact with, and love. If we continue to see them like this, then our hearts will never be touched. These are real people that God has put in our path for a reason. Matthew 16 says this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? No. You see, the real you, the real me is spiritual. Every person will live forever after they die. Think about that. Not a nameless person. Not a faceless person. People that we know. People that you interact with, well, very frequently. So there's nothing more valuable than the eternal soul of a person. But see, knowing that, knowing they're going to live in one of those locations forever, is not enough. Jesus Christ came to this world to offer a choice so that people could change destinations. Jesus came... Before he went back to heaven, he gave us the Great Commission. The very first word in the Great Commission is, go. I want you to write number four down, if you will. Don't isolate, but go to the lost at their locations and share the good news. Yes, it is true that our home and citizenship is in heaven. And yet, God has placed us here to be all here on the earth now because surrounding us are many unbelievers that we do know. If you will, turn to the book of John chapter 17. I want you to see a prayer that Jesus gives for his followers, which includes you and me today, before he went back to heaven. It's a prayer of purpose.
0: Today, Pastor Mark reiterated the importance of us as Christ followers to keep our focus and goal heavenward. That having been said, he wants us to do what Jesus told us to do, which is to put treasures into our heavenly bank account. We do that by serving others and using our time, talent, and treasure to make God look good to this world, pointing them to Jesus. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, we'll complete the teaching Location, Location, Location. Pastor Mark will remind us that the only treasure that is eternal is people. We'll be told of their need to hear about and be shown the love of God. It's important for us to realize that the purpose of church assemblies is to be built up in the Word of God and then scattered to share the love of Christ with others. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry